Hello. Hi, Mom. Are we doing it on the phone or online? I thought we'd do it on the phone. Oh, yeah. I got dressed up for you. I thought you were taking my picture. Well, we could try that. You want me to... No, no, I don't care. You know, so I put lipstick on. Big deal. Okay. <laughs> I'm Andy Raskin, and this is The Bigger Narrative. Normally on this podcast, I feature CEOs I've worked with or written about, and I call up my mom to introduce the show. But so many people seem to enjoy my mom's commentary that for this special episode, I decided to turn the tables and interview her as the guest. Not really about strategic narrative, but just about how she's been an inspiration to me in my career. Uh, this turned out to be harder than I had imagined. You learned something from me? You weren't even around then. What are you talking about? I wasn't around at the beginning, but you made a lot of career decisions when, once I was a teen and an adult. I didn't do anything until I was 43 years old and went to law school. And by that time, you weren't living here. She said she didn't do anything until she was 43 years old, but she always yeah. worked. Yeah. And when she wasn't working, she was still working. That's my sister, Michelle. I called Michelle as a reality check because my mom was clearly going to downplay things. If not her achievements, then certainly their potential to impact other people like me. And Michelle's right. When we were kids, aside from taking care of us, she worked as a substitute junior high school science teacher whenever she could. And then when I was in high school, she starts a database consulting business out of our house this was before virtually anyone knows what a PC is. Then, yes, at 43, she goes to law school. When I said to her, oh, you know how impressive you were? And you know how, oh, stop, Michelle, don't say any of that. Like, oh, my God. <laughs> she just can't handle yeah. any. She, she's just so humble. I asked my mom what made her decide to go to law school. Well, it's a little personal, but my life was uh, going in a little different direction. And I didn't like it, so I decided I had to do something to get myself in a better place. I wanted to do something that I needed a lot of energy to get into and to deal with and mm -hmm. to learn from. I was seeing a psychologist, and I said to her, I think I'll go to be paralegal. And she said, well, how did you do in school? And I told her, she said, well, why don't you be a lawyer? So then I said, okay. Uh -huh. So I quickly signed up for a crash LSAT course. And when that was over, took the test and that was it. I went to Hofstra Law School. I mean, she makes it sound like on a whim decides law. Was it like that? It probably was because hmm. she has such strong willpower to follow through with an idea or something she learned. Like I remember her saying... Oh, did you find out sugar's bad for you? It's like poison. And she never ate sugar again. She never ate white bread again. She's so strong-willed that when she decides something, it seems effortless for her. And mm. so I guess at some point she planted that seed and then just watered it every day. Do you think you and I are strong-willed like that? I zero, no, I have zero willpower. And she just assumes everyone could be like her and make a decision and change their life on a dime. Mm. And no, mm. I absolutely can't do that. No, no way. You? <laughs> yeah, no. I, no. I mean, I don't want to have no. zero willpower, but I, I'm not like that, you know? No. I remember not liking, hating, uh, speaking to a group. 
you know, very uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. But when you have your own business and you're trying to get clients, you need to get out there. Mm-hmm. I remember the first time I gave a talk to about a hundred retired teachers, and I left walking to my car, and I smiled to myself and said, "Wow, that was the first time you gave a talk like that, and weren't nervous." Mm-hmm. So that was a really big milestone. I was very proud of myself. I didn't know it was difficult for her, but I worked in her office. She knew what she was talking about. Maybe speaking in front of people wasn't something she imagined she could do. But when it was something that she was fully knowledgeable about and fully confident in what she was saying and how to teach these people something that they didn't know yet, she was great. The office my sister's talking about was a practice my mom started with a partner, another female attorney around her age, in the field of elder law. So elder law is not only about helping people draft wills and that kind of stuff, but also helping families navigate all kinds of health care and financial decisions around aging, Medicare, all that. I asked my mom why she chose that field. There weren't that many people at that time. And that also made it a good area to practice in. But the best reason was that you get to kind of have a friendship with your clients. There was some court work and guardianships, but often you meet with your clients. They're in a difficult situation, sometimes just doing what they should be doing in terms of their planning. But it becomes personal because you talk to them and find out their issues and you know I would often share back and I remember one client when they found out I was retiring said you weren't just a lawyer you were a friend you know and I felt that a lot so Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know that was an important part of doing that kind of work she was always open to phone calls and that was the path to clients then the clients would come in And she would sit with these people and they're trying to figure out, hey, I have a weight on my shoulder, I have a burden, I have a problem, I have something I have to figure out. You know, some people just come in for simple documents, but some people came in and walked out of the experience feeling lighter and and saved and changed their lives. You walk in and you have no idea what's ahead of you and how to get through it. And when you would leave, you felt like you had a friend who would hold your hand and walk you down the path and you'd find the light at the end of the tunnel. And that's why these people became so grateful and so appreciative for having lifted that burden of worry and whatever it was on their plate that they couldn't deal with during the whole back and forth in the experience, whether it was days, weeks, months, years sometimes. And I think that they were really grateful for her. I did make one lame attempt to steer the conversation towards the usual theme of this show, you know, how leaders uh, tell the story and structure their pitch. Were you conscious about how you were telling the story of elder law, like pitching it? No. What were you saying to to, people? Trying to to get people information. I really wasn't that kind of person to, in fact, my partner would yell at me when I didn't have my... When you give it out to people to have oh, business cards, business cards, right? I wasn't that kind of a hustler like that. I was just trying to help people and give that information. Well, it's funny because the approach that I've been using is really 
that people want to do business with people who are making sense of the world for them. Huh. Well, yeah, you figure that if you show yourself as wanting to help them, which is what I really wanted to do, I enjoyed imparting the information that I had. Mm -hmm. That's another way of selling, although I don't know if it occurred to me at that time that that's what I was doing, but... I kind of felt that, you know, handling it that way was, was me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When we started, we started publishing this newsletter. And we'd send it out to the people in the geriatric community, hospital workers and nursing home people and social workers. And we put it on pink paper. And so they began to know us as we send out the pink sheets. Mm-hmm. That was the beginning. You know, the pink sheets uh, uh, became a newsletter, became online, became blogs. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. So you're a pioneer in content marketing also. Yes. I mean, I don't think anyone else was doing anything like the pink sheets. Oh, yeah. So their newsletter started out as a pink piece of paper. It wound up becoming more like a pamphlet, like a trifold, you know, it would open up and there'd be articles. Mm -hmm. And it was so well done. It always talked about what was on the cutting edge and what was new and what was changing and what might be interesting and why you might want to revisit your documents or why this rule had changed or a new number popped up in Medicaid or things like that. Yeah, she didn't go out and aggressively get clients and have you know, power lunches and things like that. But she was open. Hmm. She didn't have a spiel because she didn't need one. That wasn't her approach to obtaining clients. In the office, she was nurturing. She was a mentor. She was always available. Her door was always open. She had pillows on her floor in case you needed a breather. There was a sound machine. And she was worried about what you had for lunch and if it was nutritious. And (laughs) and, uh, not <laughs> she didn't go out to lunch. She ran the office. She was the support for everybody. Mm-hmm. Very early on when we got started, uh, we read this book. I'm sure you know the book, but it's about 30 years old. Book about business and the things to do. And we read it. And one of the things we got from it was start out as if you're going to grow so that you don't find yourself in a place where You've outgrown your systems, and now you're stuck having to redo everything. Mm -hmm. And that's what we did. What was an example of that? Well, certainly computer programming and the programs we bought, you know, and set up was to handle more. I remember in one of the podcasts you said, oh, I'm not a computer person. But you actually were very early on an early adopter of personal computers. I remember we got we had an Apple II Plus. Yes. A friend of ours, an editor at Weight Watchers magazine, mm-hmm. he asked me to do some ca- calculations on the computer where if she asked me for recipes with chicken, I could pull them out. Uh, Meaning like recipes with a certain number of calories or something like that, right? right? Yeah, so, I had entered all that information. I know I used that Apple II for law school, papers and all, and I learned to do programming in, what was that, early? Uh, I'd taken some lessons. Basic? Was, was it basic? Basic, right. I 100% remember all of it. She was working, you were learning program, and I was like playing 
fake Pac-Man. Yeah, I remember. <laughs> when she says she doesn't know anything about computers, she was the computer person in the office. Yeah, I know. And she, yes, she knew more than everybody else. She was completely capable. And when she wasn't capable, she called somebody. And she didn't just call somebody and walk away. She called somebody, met with them, sat at the computer, figured it out, learned how we were going to go forward, how we were going to fix it, how we were going to evolve. And we were always doing that. As I said, my mom's practice was a partnership. And one thing I learned from her is that partnerships can be great, but also very tough. I have to say we were friendly for maybe the first 10 years or less. And then she said something in which I won't get into it. The way I knew that it was time to retire was that I had gotten a call in my office one afternoon. Mm-hmm. It was at 2 o'clock. And the message was that a friend of mine had died. I know he was quite sick and this was expected, but I left my office and on the way home, I started crying and realized it just came to me that enough was enough and my life didn't need this in it. And that's when I decided to leave. Well, I think a lot of people have difficulty in partnerships it's probably very common, would you say? Yeah, it's a tough, although she and I were very different and brought different things to the practice, totally different personalities and different strengths. So so that's part of what made it work, too. So yes, what, that, that is what made it work, yes. They brought very different things to the table, and for a very long time, they complemented each other mm-hmm. very well. Mm-hmm. Like a marriage, what one didn't do, the other did. Where one left off, the other picked up. They really did a good job at supporting each other for a long time. The personalities just got in the way. Mm-hmm. And too, too many years, too many stories, too many moments. And in the end, I think that they both stopped appreciating what the other brought to the table. And when they recognized that it wasn't working anymore, it was like a divorce. Yeah. Um, it was difficult, but it was necessary. In the end, you know, I think mom walked away. She knew when she was done. Yeah. And I think she had a really good run. And I think she was really successful for a really long time. Their office was like the rock stars of elder law. And I was proud and impressed to be a part of that. Now, uh, now that we've talked, could you see how someone like me might have taken some lessons from your career and that you did actually do a lot of things that happened while, while I was an adult that were uh, things I could learn from? No. Well, my intention with this episode was to show that my mom is not only a great introducer of inspiring business leaders, but also to show that she, in fact, is one herself. Uh, One whose career and approach to dealing with people in business offers just a lot of really great lessons. I may have failed to convince her of that, but hopefully you'll agree with me that she's wrong. (laughs) I love you, Mom. The Bigger Narrative is produced and edited by me, Andy Raskin, with theme music by Stephen Emerson and podcast cover art by Angela May Chen. Carla Borelli inspired the show by telling me I should do it over coffee. 
thanks to Judy Raskin, not only for being my guest today, but for being the best mother and role model anyone could ever hope for. Thanks also to my sister, Michelle Miller, for connecting the dots. Special thanks also to Greg Miller, Logan Miller, Lucas Miller, Richard Raskin, Herman Stark, Millie Stark, Robert Stark, Emily Raskin, Eli Raskin, and Carol Wasserman. And remember, my mother is awesome. And the company story is the company strategy.